0: Maybe I'll (laughs) stay back. Looks like we're going to be talking about electricity electricity. today, right? Yeah. Yeah, good, because I've got a bunch of wires. Don't you, though? I'm all wired up. Remember we talked about the science of pipes? It's fun. So today I want to talk about the science of wires. Okay, ready. Electricity, wire. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's let's jump right in. Pipes carry things like water. If you push water in one end of a pipe, keep pushing in it'll come out the other end Mm -hmm. and how hard you push it in we call pressure how high is the pressure we measure pressure in pounds per square inch Mm -hmm. and so if you have 100 pounds or 100 psi of water it'll come squirting out like a fire hose on the other end if you only have one pound psi it'll kind of dribble out right Mm -hmm. exactly the same analogy can be made about electricity and wire Happen to have a cable. This is made of copper, has a a non-conducting insulation around it, and if you push electrons in, they will shoot through and go out the other side. Now you say, "Wait a minute! It's not hollow. How can that work?" How does it work? Fine. Works just fine. No. (laughs) So we have to remember some of the things we've talked out, talked about before. One of the unique properties of metals and and some other things is that they are what we call conductors now that does not mean they drive a train like i originally thought or music conductor (laughs) yeah a conductor (laughs) yeah it's not one of those they're a conductor meaning that they conduct electricity now in some of our earlier discussions i took a magnet and i took a piece of wire and i pushed the magnet down the wire do you remember that I do and the magnet was turned so the negative side was pointing towards the wire and as I pushed it, the wire pushed electrons down the wire. Mm -hmm. In the outer shell of an atom, there are electrons and if the material happens to be the type of a material that doesn't hang on to its electrons very well, they can escape. And so the magnet repels the electrons, and so they go scooting down the wire. Now, if you make the wire into a coil, so you have a lot of wire there, and then you push the magnet down into it, you get a lot of electrons. And the more coils you have, the higher the voltage is that you can push. So in in electricity, instead of talking about water pressure, we're talking about electrical pressure. And that is measured in volts. So if you have a one and a half volt battery or a 10 volt battery, a 12 volt battery, like in most of our cars, that's how hard the battery is pushing electrons through the wire. If you have 100 volts, it'll obviously push them through a lot harder and a lot faster. Are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. Okay, would you summarize, please? Yes, the harder you push, the more I got stuck. The more it hurts. <laughs> uh, okay. You did that on purpose. <laughs> for some reason the way you said it made so much more sense. I saw well, the conductor well. at the music. Right. <laughs> the conductor's in the back and he has no music. I <laughs> know. Okay. Uh, anyway, we we should tell them our conductor joke, no. shouldn't we? No. no, it's terrible. That's not for all. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so wires can carry electricity. And because of that, our lives are very different. We would really be, well, would be just like the people that are living where the lights have gone out. Sometimes after a big storm or something, the power gets knocked out, and you're sitting there in the dark, and you say, why won't my phone charge? Yeah. And it doesn't work. Do you want to, do you want to hear a true story? uh uh-huh. I like true stories. Yeah, this, this was a really, really great true story. Okay, I'm ready. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. right. I love that terminology. Toby inspires. But back in the day, when I decided that the big project for me to work on was building the Billings Computer, and so we built a computer, we offered it for sale, (coughs) and we sold tons of them. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Because it was ahead of its time, a lot of people wanted them, and so we shipped them all over the world. Interestingly... uh, when you ship a lot of products, like a computer, you get some phone calls of people that are having problems and you have to kind of help them out. I was a startup, so whenever I could, I would go over and help answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And one day, the guys that are customer support answering the phone said, Roger, I think you need to handle this one. And I said, what is it? And I said, well, they've got their computer and they plugged in it was working but something's gone wrong, and they can't get it to turn back on Uh-oh. and so I said, "Well, let me talk to them and say, okay, so let's let's just trace this through. So what do you see on the screen? I said nothing. the screen's dark, Uh-oh. but it was working. yeah you you could see the writing on it, but it's gone now, it's dark and so I started thinking all the things okay did you did you try uh turning the power switch because there was a power box, and I go through all the steps, things we could try, things we could try we and then I got this crazy idea. And I said, can you just check one thing for me? Is the plug plugged in the wall? Because yeah. I was running out of things trying. He says, is the plug plugged into the wall? And I said, well, how should I know? And I says, well, could you look? And he says, no, the lights are out, and I can't see back there. <laughs> the power was the out. Off. And the darn Billings computer wouldn't you work. Know, you need now, to work if it had been that. powered by yeah. hydrogen, <laughs> right. they have anyway, something there. Our lives would be very, very different if we did not have electricity. And there's a lot of things about electricity that we can learn. And some people say, well, I, I won't bother. But others are saying, you know what? Everything I learn about electricity will help me invent things. And actually, in our world today, everything you learn about electricity might just help you get through your life. <laughs> I mean, this is stuff you really ought to know. Mm, okay. So, electricity is made by magnets, literally pushing electrons down wires. And we have big giant generators with big coils of wire, and the generators have the magnets hooked up to big steam generators, steam turbines, so we burn coal, we burn gas, we heat up a nuclear reaction, somehow we get these things to turn and they force a lot of electrons down a wire and we can send those electrons over a very, very long distance to your home and it comes into your house so you can enjoy it. Now let's talk about what happens when the electricity gets to your house. As electricity comes in from the mains or from the power lines outside, it comes in at a lot higher voltage than a little flashlight battery. A normal one-cell battery is one and a half volts. The power coming into your house is 220 volts. You say, why why 220? Well, into our facility here, the power comes in at 480 volts. And why do you have different powers? Well, if we bring a cable in at 480 volts, we can get twice as much power through the cable as if we bring in at a low voltage. So, when you think about electricity, you can kind of look at parallelisms with water. With water, how hard you push the water through a pipe is called the pressure, which we measure in pounds per square inch. But how much water is going through the pipe every minute, we measure in gallons per minute. That's the flow rate. So the pressure is what pushes it through, but the flow rate is how many gallons per minute. In electricity, the pressure is the voltage pushing it and the the current we call it in electricity is how many electrons are flowing by and we measure that in amperes or amps so if you say I've got a wire and I'm pushing it at 220 volts and 10 amps are going through then you can say wow I've got 220 times 10 I have 2,200 watts going through. Watts are a measure of how much power goes through. So it's voltage times current, or amps. Volts times amps equal watts. <laughs> get so, all that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't get any of that. We'll have to, we'll have to go back we'll go to back. that. Go back. All right. <laughs> but the point is, the electricity comes into your house at 220 volts, and we use 220 volts because with a reasonable-sized wire, we can get enough power for your house and the things you probably want to do in your house. Now, wires come in all different sizes, and I have a bunch of different sizes of wire here. Wires are one of those things that go backwards. In other words, Mm -hmm. if you have a real low number, you have a big wire, and if you have a real high number of the gauge of wire, then you have a little wire. Case in point. Here's a little teensy, tiny, tiny, tiny wire. So teeny, it's kind of hard to see. This is a 20 gauge wire. And gauge is the American wire gauge. It's a size that we look at the amount of of metal here, in this case, copper. And for that size of copper, we call 20 gauge. On the other hand, This is a a wire that is two gauge. And I wonder if you can see the difference in size. Mm, Big difference. Maybe it's easier to see if I hold it in front of the sky. (laughs) It's hard to see them. But the, the big wire is much bigger than the 20 gauge. And so every size wire can be given a gauge. And remember, in wire, the lower the number, the bigger the wire. You think if it was bigger, it'd have a bigger number. And some people say, well, why is it backwards? And I don't want to create any kind of international problem here. (laughs) But it's because we speak English. And so we took a lot of our traditions from the British. And that's what they did as wire was coming out. But uh, it's good to know that wire has a size and the size is called the gauge. And you can take any wire and find out what the gauge is. Now, the wire coming into your house is usually pretty big because you're bringing in a lot of power. So we talked about the voltage coming in from, and by the way, the 220 volts is not coming from the the big power lines outside. It's coming from a transformer that steps it down. The power lines are going to be up somewhere like 15,000 volts, much, much higher, they have a transformer that brings them down to two hundred and twenty to come in your house, okay So when that two hundred and twenty volt power comes into your house, how many amps you need will determine the size of wire that you need to carry it. The more current, the more electrons you 're jamming through the wire, the hotter it gets. Hmm. And if it gets too hot, it'll melt the wire. In fact, if it gets really, really, really hot, like you have a very small wire, and you jam a lot of current through it, it'll actually, it'll flash into a spark. Burn the wire up. And the wire will be instantly vaporized. And so this is going to be something we want to understand today because it's good to know, right? Mm -hmm. So, the wire coming in from a house. This is a a number two wire, and it's a good sturdy wire. This seems like good size to hook your house up with. If you hooked your house up with a wire like this, it better be a pretty small house because that probably won't carry enough electricity for a regular family, okay? Okay. So this is a number two gauge. You could go to a little bit bigger wire, which is a number one gauge, but that's still not enough for a normal house. A normal house, we're gonna wanna have like 200 amps. 200 amps is a lot of amps, and that would burn up this cable. It'd burn up number one cable, so what do you use? Well, when you're saying smaller is bigger, and we're already at two, and then we get down to one, what if we need bigger than a one? We need bigger than a one, so what number is that? And the guy said, well, you want a bigger than a one. Okay, we have a zero gauge. <laughs> that's bigger than a one. And here it is. Mm-hmm. A zero gauge wire. That's, that's hefty. That's a nice zero wire. Gauge. That's a zero gauge. That's ridiculous, guys. How big is the wire? It's zero. <laughs> that's not Only, intuitive, is it? <laughs> I guess that sounds so funny. They decided we're not even going to call zero, zero. No. no, we're gonna call it ought. <laughs> you ever heard zero called ought? Yeah. It ought to not be called ought, but it <laughs> is, so. <laughs> this is an ought wire. And if you look on it, it says one dash zero. This is a one ought wire, it has one zero. You say, but you know what? I got a big house, I'm gonna need more power in this. This will get too hot. Haven't you got something bigger? What do you, how do you get bigger than zero if littler is bigger? And the answer is, oh, we got this one. I said, oh, that looks a lot better. What's that? And they say, oh, that's a two-aught. <laughs> a two-aught? Yeah, this is zero-zero. This is one-zero. This is zero wire. This is zero-zero wire. And I said, now that one's really looking right. What's that <laughs> Oh, that's a three-aught. Gosh, guys. And then the biggest wire in the American. Wire gauge standard is the four-aught, four zeros, zero, 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 zero size. It's a quat. Can you imagine they did that with <laughs> shoes? What size would you like? Oh, uh, give me about five zeros. <laughs> okay, so you need to know a little bit about these wires, but unless you're designing houses and you're an electrician, you probably won't get into the big stuff like this, but you'll know about it. Now, a great big wire, probably one of these hot wires, depending on the size of your house, is going to come in from the transformer outside and go into a box built into your wall called a breaker box, okay? Or a distribution panel. That's where all the wire comes in. And in that panel, there is a big master switch. You turn that off and it turns off everything in your house. You're telling them this? What? Good information. It's good to know. Yeah, if you don't want to do homework, just turn, no. <coughs> just turn off the master breaker, okay? If you're going to work on the wiring, you make sure you turn it off. That's right. It gives you a way to turn off the whole house. If there's a problem, you can do that. But it's it's a great big breaker, and it looks like this. This is a great big breaker. So this breaker is installed in the panel. Okay. And... Uh, There is a master breaker that if I'm going to use 200 amps to come in, it has a rating of 200 amps. And what that means is that if the power coming into the house is 200 amps or less, it works fine. If something happens and it tries to pull more than 200 amps, the breaker will automatically shut off. If you draw too much power, it turns off automatically, okay? And then, and that's why we call them breakers, because they'll break the circuit if you draw too much power. Breakers are to protect wires. And so if I'm going to have a wire of this size, I need to guarantee that under no conditions, even if someone inside the house shorts out the wire, and it tries to throw a thousand amps, pull it through the wire, th- that will melt this wire, and so the breaker shuts off to protect the wire. So breakers are to protect wires. Now you have the master breaker in the top of your panel, and you have your 220 wires come in from outside. Okay. Then down in the panel, you have a whole bunch of these little guys. Those are smaller. These are smaller, mm-hmm. and, and this happens to be A 15-amp breaker. The the master panel usually would have, like, a 200-amp breaker. This is 15. So the power's in the box. When you snap this in, it hooks you up to the incoming wire, and then it sends a signal out, which will go like, maybe this would be hooked up to all the lights downstairs. Okay. Okay? So as long as everything's working right on those lights and there's no two wires shorting out, trying to cause a fire, this breaker works fine. But it says 15 amps, so if you pull 16 amps by shorting it out or hooking up too much stuff, it'll trip the breaker. When the breakers trip, they turn off the power, but interestingly, they don't snap all the way off. They snap halfway, they turn the power off, but they get in the middle. I can't even make it do it manually, but when they trip, they just trip halfway. Uh Why? So when you go to the breaker box and you see all these panels in there, if there's one in the middle, that one just tripped. And to get it to come back on, you push it all the way off and then turn it back on. But if there's something wrong on that circuit, it'll trip again. And that means, okay, we gotta go find out what's trying to burn my house down. Breakers and breaker panels prevent most of the fires that would happen in houses, electrical fires. So they're really, really neat things Mm -hmm. and it's fun to know about it. So this is a 15 amp breaker. Remember I said breakers are to protect the wire. Just so happens that I have right here a piece of wire that happens to be 14 gauge. 14 gauge is one of the kinds of wire that's used in a lot of houses. If you run 15 amps through this wire, it's okay. If you run more than 15, it'll get too hot, could melt, could start a fire. So if you're gonna use 14 gauge wire, you have to protect it with a 15 amp breaker. So 14 gauge wire, 15 amp breaker. Now this next wire is a 12 gauge, it's a little bigger. I would say this is the most popular wire used in modern houses. Mm And it can handle more than 15 amps. It can handle 20. So that means you can put a lot more plugs, a lot more lights, a lot more things on it because it's bigger and it can carry more electrons zooming down fast. So we would use a 20 amp breaker for this wire because it can handle that. Then if you're gonna hook up something like maybe a a small uh, heating appliance, it takes 30 amps. Well, if you hook it on to a 12 amp circuit, it'll trip, it'll blow the, the breaker. So then you need to get a number 10 wire. So 10 wire is bigger than a 12, which is bigger than a 14. These are the three main wires of most of the stuff in our house, okay? okay. So a 10 amp wire can carry 30 amps. You say, well, how does he know that? Yeah, how do you know that? How do I know <laughs> that? tell us. And I think a better question is how do you know it? Because if you're going to wire something and you can't remember how much current every one of the wires can pull, you look it up on the internet. How much current for a 10 gauge wire? And if it's not enough, then you say, how about an 8 gauge? And remember, the lower the number, the bigger the wire. And you get the one for the right size. When you know the current that you're going to be using, you want to make the capacity of the wire bigger than what you're gonna do. So if it's right at 30 amps, you may want a 40 amp breaker and a bigger wire. Then you've gotta get the right size breaker. And there are a lot of different standards for breakers, so you have to get one that's compatible with the box in your wall. And these things just kinda snap in. And there's a little screw thing, so you can unscrew it and hook up the wire, screw it in tight here, and that's, how a breaker panel looks. Now, yes, yes, I'm going to show you one. (laughs) Of course I am. We were wondering. see these things. This one connects to the power bus inside the box, and this one is just a brace to hold it. So the power goes from there and comes out where you screw in your wire. Wiring a panel box is something kind of neat. Now, I want to show you the kind of wire that you normally would use to wire your house. Uh, we call this Romex. And I don't know if you can see it best down here. There you go. Black doesn't show up too good. How about over here, over here? where Can you see that? So there are three wires here. One of them has a black insulation, one has a white insulation, and one has no insulation at all. Aww. It's really sad. <laughs> okay. So the one of these wires that you're gonna hook up to the breaker, and it's this whole wire like this with three strands comes into your breaker box. And so you got to hook this breaker up to the wire. And there's only one screw thing here. So the one you screw in is the black one. The black one then is going to be the one that gets the juice. It's the one that's going to be hot, mm-hmm. cooking, right? And then the white one, what are you going to do with that? If you send power down this wire, it'll only flow if it has a path to come back somewhere. So we have the white one, which we call the ground wire. And literally, it goes to the ground, to the dirt. You put it in the dirt in the box? Outside of your house. (laughs) She's full of it. (laughs) We'll get her later. <laughs> <laughs> See how the behavior improved? Okay. Outside your house, you get a very long rod of copper and pound it down in the dirt. And it's a ground rod. And it grounds your house. In other words, you have this being a voltage. The voltage pushes through and then the electricity goes to ground. And that allows it to have a complete path. So this is going to be hooked up to your ground. Okay. So power goes in here and comes out here. Now, of course, with alternating current, it's actually going back and forth, back and forth, 60 times a second, so it kind of goes both ways. But this is what we call the hot side, okay? If you touch the white one and you touch the ground, it won't shock you. If you touch the black one and you touch the ground, you'll get a good shock, okay? The third one, the one that didn't get any kind of insulation, the bare wire, is what we call the safety ground. And some of the older homes don't even have this, but now it's been quite a few years since we started having safety grounds. And the way the safety ground works is it also goes to ground, but it's a whole separate path than this one. And if you have like a hair dryer and a wire shorts out to the case, instead of you getting shocked, the power will go back here, and it will trip the circuit breaker. So it's a protection circuit to make sure your appliances are good. If you can look at a plug here, I'll put it down here. This is an electrical outlet. Most of you will be pretty familiar with these. These are what we plug our extension cords or whatever into. But if I can get a pointer here, you have the the two wires, the white and the black, go up here to the top, and that's where you get the power. Some extension cords only have those two. Have you ever noticed? Mm -hmm. So they do not have a safety ground. This thing down here is the ground. That's where the uninsulated wire hooks in this plug. So it hooks here and that protects the devices you have from being shorted out. So that's your ground. These are your two hot, hot pins, okay? So when you wire a box, you wanna be sure and put that safety ground in and these two actually end up hooking to ground the same, but they're separate paths, so that if this wire somehow gets broken or comes loose, you still have a safety ground to protect you. Make any sense? Mm -hmm. Now, something else really kind of interesting. Here's another wire about like that one, but as I spread these out here for a minute, you can see this one has, uh, clear off spot here, this one has four wires. Mm-hmm. It's got a black one. It's got a bare one. This one has no insulation. It has a white one. It has a red one. Okay. Can you guess what that would be for? Why would you want to have four wires? And this would be if you're wiring a 220-volt circuit. This one is if you're wiring here we go if you're going to wire a 110-volt circuit. Now, a lot of the stuff in our house is 110 volts. People know that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm saying that because that's what people say, but to be real honest, that voltage is more like 117 or 120 volts. We just got used to calling it 110, okay? But it turns out that it'll work anywhere in that range. So in this case, we hook up the power to this black one, we hook the ground up to the white one, we hook up the safety ground. This one, We hook the black up exactly like we did in the first one. We hook the the safety ground and the ground up exactly like we did in the first one, but we've got this red wire, and it's gotta go somewhere else. And as you can see, on this breaker, there's no other place to put it. There's only one screw. You can only put one wire on the breaker, and so we got a problem. And yet, on a 220-volt breaker, which is this one, there's a place for the red and the black, and you hook them both up. Now, this is a little tricky thing that's fun to know. Mm -hmm. When the wire comes in your house, and, and it's gonna be a big wire, when it comes to your house, there's gonna be two wires bringing it in, plus there'll be a ground wire, but there's two wires, and they are called 220 lines. If you were to put a voltmeter on here and measure the voltage from here to ground, it would be 110 volts. But well, this is called a 220 line. If you measure from this one to ground, it would be 110 volts. So they're both 110. But if you measure from here to here, it's 220. And so they're made so these have, when this one goes high voltage, this one goes low voltage. When this one goes high voltage, this one goes low voltage. The wave, the voltage going up and down. So between them is 220 volts, from either one of them to ground is 110. So in this circuit, where I just have a little breaker, just one screw, I'm just using these three wires, I'm gonna get 110 volts, because I got one side going to one, one of the lines coming in and one to ground, so everything hooked up on this circuit is gonna be 110 volts. If I have something that needs more power, then I can put in 220, and then I need this breaker. When this breaker pops in the panel, notice that there are two connectors here, and it, it actually hooks up to both of the wires coming in, one to one wire, one to the other wire, and so when you get both of them coming out these screws, you now have a 220 volt circuit. So that's how we get 220 volts. And for you electrical engineering types, this whole thing that I'm talking about is what we call single phase. And I'm going get a little techy here for just a second, but in single phase, when one of the wires coming in your house goes positive, the other wire goes negative. And, and they do it at exactly the same time. They come back zero and then they switch, okay? Kay. There is a very popular type of power that's called three-phase. And they're not in phase. They don't go high and low together. In in that case, you have three wires coming in. And one starts going high, and then a third way through a cycle, the next one starts going high, and then the next one starts going high. And that allows you to do all kinds of three-phase motors and things. Those are used mainly for commercial installation shops and things like that. But that's an that's introduction to terminology. If you want to really understand it, take the class on electricians, okay, which is a wonderful Ascellus course. In fact, there's two years of it, and you can actually get to the point that you can rewire things. All right, now I want to, with that introduction, I'd like to take you down to Area 51 quickly and just show you what a real panel looks like and show you how it's wired up. Okay, so now we have everything in a wall. Notice these beautiful force. This is what it looks like inside the wall. Normally there's sheetrock over here, all painted up nice and pretty. But here we get a look inside to see what's actually there. Our electrical panel is mounted between two studs. This is where all the switching is gonna take place and then from here it comes out with wires to go to every light, every furnace, every stove, everything that runs on electricity in the house. So the power, the master power comes in and goes to the master breaker. Now I will tell you, this electrical panel is a small one. This is probably smaller than you have in your home. Certainly a lot smaller than you'd have in a business, but it's it's more like the kind you'd have in a little shop out behind the house. But at any rate, the master power comes in here One wire brings in one side of the 220 volt and the other wire brings in the other side of the 220. Now remember what we learned before, from either of these 220 volt lines, if you go between them, the voltage is 220 volts. But if you go from one to ground, it's 110. From the other one to ground, it's 110. So that means if you hook up A plug, for example, with one side going to the outside 220 line and then you hook the other side of the plug up to ground, it just sees 110 volts. If on the other hand, you hook up a plug that goes from this side and this side, the two big main wires coming in, then between them is 220 volts. We use that for things like furnaces, water heaters, stoves where we need a lot of power. Because with 220 volts differential, in the same wire you can bring twice as much power. So the power comes into this master breaker. If you have a problem in your home with electricity, maybe something shorting out, any kind of a problem, you can go to your panel and almost all panels have a master breaker and you can turn that off. When you do, you turn off power to the whole house. Now, some houses will have a couple panels. If that's the case, you have to turn them both off because each one goes to half the house. This breaker is to protect all of the wires in your house in case two wires touch together and get shorted. When they short, they could cause a fire, but before they can cause a fire, this breaker breaks the connection. It turns it off because it's pulling too much power and it saves your house. Now from here it comes down into these individual breakers. Each one of these hook up a different circuit of the house. This big fat one here means it's hooking to both of the main power lines coming in. So it will put out two wires with 220 volts. So this would be like you would send to your stove or to your furnace or to something that needs a lot of power. These single ones would be just one side of the incoming power and a ground. So they're gonna put out 110 volts. This particular one here has a wire going out and the wire comes over to the switch. The switch can turn on and off and then it goes up to the light. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn on this breaker. Something like that, turn on the light switch. Excuse me, let's try to turn it off the other direction. There we go. Yeah, and no matter which way we turned off, it's not going to work because our master switch is not. Now let's try it. Yeah, how about that? So you got to have your master breaker on or everything in the box is turned off. And that's what it's for, is to shut down everything in case you need to work on it. Then the individual breaker, I'll turn this light back on and show you if I turn that off, it turns off this whole circuit. Turn it back on. And of course, the individual light switch, on the light so that's the circuit that's in your home now the other breaker here is going down to an electric outlet so I could plug in any kind of 110 volt appliance there and it would work does that make any sense pretty simple so we would put a breaker in the box for everything that we're going to put in the house all right There's so that. there we have it yeah. right mm-hmm. I'm getting a report. There's some commotion going on down Area 51. Because he heard you were there? I. Give me just a second and make a quick phone call. He has a phone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Area 51. This is Super R51 speaking. How can I help it? Help it? What are you helping? I'm in charge. Of all of Area 51. It's it's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yes. I have to stay here all the time because I'm in charge. <laughs> That's nice. What are you working on? Well, I'm making new inventions. What are the new inventions? I'm I'm inventing next generation power box mm. for Peige's house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> How's it better? It's just like the old kind, except I make it better. But how do you make it better? Mine has many new wondrous features. Yes. It has a built-in voltage meter so I can check the volts. It all has a don't fall asleep feature so I can be ready if Paget needs me to keep watch. <laughs> needs you to keep watch? Yep. Sometimes she might call me and need my help. I wouldn't hold my breath. I don't have breath. R-51 is a humanoid. No breath is necessary. I can do a lot of things that the lower number our guys just can't do. Such as? I don't know. By the way, what's your secret to stay awake? Coffee? Coffee? Okay, well maybe we'll come over and see what you're doing. I'll be here. (laughs) I'll bet you will. Goodness. I think think we better go check on him. Sounds like he's making a mess or something. (laughs) Let's just pull him up on the video camera and see what's happening. Okay. Okay? So hey folks, (laughs) guess what? I'm going to teach the advanced wiring class today. You can see I had a lot of features that plain old R1 didn't know about because he's a lower level R. <laughs> and, and I've got Starbucks coffee and I've got tank and the voltmeter built in you don't need to have it in your hand and the whole thing's wired up just perfect. And you see, I still got all these breakers and I just want to show you how good it works when you turn on. Watch this! Gotta go. Whoop, that's what vaporizes. Okay, we'll see you guys (laughs) next time. I got work to do.